how about those downtown Diamondbacks, Jack? This team, it just seems like now is a team of destiny. They take down the Eastern Eagles, one of the best teams all year long. They take out the number one seed, Midwest Mallards, and now they have a 1-0 World Series lead over the Coastal Cobras. This team is on an absolute mission right now, and we're going to talk all about that today. This is the Pipe It Up podcast. Cue the intro. Oh, I never bet against Jimmy Nort, man. This kid is on a mission. <laughs> he is on a mission. Doing it again, once again. I At the end of the video, so we'll get into the game and everything and, and the whole experience, but I literally just had this thought pop into my mind. Mm-hmm. the end of the video, they showed the records of the teams. The downtown Diamondbacks are still under 500 as a team <laughs> in the World Series. That has to have like never happened in MLW. I'd have to really like, wrap my brain. That would be a good stat to no, dive I into would. a little bit because that's crazy. I mean, just look at how they're playing right now. Does, does anyone else deserve to be there besides them? I no, mean, it's, they, it's, they, both teams are there, and I think both teams you know, deserve it for sure. But, wow, what a exciting game one. Yeah, I mean, I talked about the executing thing last week, and this team proves again that they execute in the big moments. And I talked about in my prediction before the series how I thought you know a solo home run or two could decide each game. That's basically exactly what we saw in game one. Um, 0-0 going into the third inning until Jimmy and Jonah went back-to-back off of Baranowski. And those fences are deep, as I told you guys. I, going into game one, was like, I hope someone hits one out this series because that's not going to be great for the video if there's no home runs and that kind of stuff. And it it is deceptively, like, it looks farther than it is, I think. It, it does. Yeah. It, it looks, looks really far. far. It looks really far on the camera. It's def- There's more room in the gaps. Like, left center, mm-hmm. right center, there's more, um, like, curvature to the fence there. So I think it is pretty deep out there. But down the corners isn't much different than the meadows. But Jimmy definitely gave that ball a ride. And Jonah's ball was crushed, too, and that one barely sneaked over the that center That was, like, fence. straight center field, too. That was a bomb. Was probably the I mean, deepest he, he hammered right? it. Yeah. But these D-back hitters, man, they just know how to get it done when the game is on the line. Um, you know, I remember thinking while the game was happening, like, oh, boy, here we go. This could be a marathon 0-0 game right out of the gate just to stress me out here. Yeah. <laughs> We're halfway across the country. Like, we need to get this series in, and all of a sudden we got a 0-0 game already. But Norp and Heath, man, those two, um, of course, Shima can get it done as well. And Shima did have some hard-hit balls in that inning mm-hmm. where they rallied. Um, but North and Heath continue to deliver the power for the D-backs, and they propel themselves to a 3-0 Game 1 win. Huge for the D-backs. Um, I was also kind of bummed because when I originally heard that the... Not bummed, but it wasn't what I was expecting because when I originally heard that the fences were moved back, um, mm-hmm. my initial thought was uh, how that was going to affect the base running. So, like on a bigger field, you would think that the base runners have more of an advantage, right? Because mm-hmm. it's kind of, it's harder to make those throws. Like For sure. think about making a throw from like center field to home plate. If that were to occur, you mm-hmm. know what I mean? Like that, that makes a big difference. I feel like a lot of the times the home run balls that are hit at the meadows, I would, you know, say the vast majority of them are pretty much no doubters. Like it's not really, oh, is it going to make it over or not? You know, you kind of know that it's going over. That's what was cool I thought about these. Like, in the yeah. moment, I realized that, too. Like, usually, thinking from an announcer's perspective, like me and Kyle, when we make our home run calls, it's, yeah, it's like crack of the bat, and then you're kind of already getting excited yeah. for the home run that was hit. Whereas in both of these cases, we more had to watch the ball travel a little bit to, like, because we were unsure right off the bat if that was going to actually get out or not. So mm-hmm. that was pretty exciting. I liked that aspect of it. But once again, I don't know if yeah. it's actually that much deeper, though, because we didn't measure it. 
And it was, um, it was identical to the Meadows. So the field was identically sized to the Meadows. It was a touch, a touch wider just okay. because of the fence that we had. And Kyle wanted to use all the panels. So we ended up using everything that we had ordered. And so the field was a little bit wider than the Meadows. And the challenge that that caused for the video was that um, Kyle didn't like how the foul poles weren't visible in the whole mm-hmm. shot, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. So then we took the original field and just like left the fence where it was, but then backed up home plate and backed up the camera a little bit. That way you could see everything. Mm-hmm. So that's what caused it to be like five feet deeper. So that caused like the down the line to be a tad deeper. And then as well as the gaps were kind of already a little bit wider. Okay. With more of an arc. So, I mean, I'd say you're looking at five to 10 feet deeper than the meadows all the way around, but, and it is kind of breezy in there. You can, you can hear in the video, if you listen, kind of the background, the background, like ambiance noise of just like the white noise of the stadium. Yeah. I don't know if that's just because of like the structure and how it's built and how the air is swirling through there, but it's definitely not like silent in there. You hear the air moving uh, through the system, the, the stadium. So I was definitely concerned about the ball flying out, but it was cool to see Jimmy and Jonah get it done. The whole, the whole video, like from top to bottom was just so like aesthetically pleasing. Like, I think it might be one of the coolest thumbnails that MLW has <laughs> I wanted had to ask the, you about that with the SoFi stadium in the mm-hmm. back. And you guys did a great job, like strategically kind of having that in the back when mm-hmm. doing like the on the field interviews and things like mm-hmm. that. Um, even the, even on Instagram, like leading up, like the the picture of Gus uh, throwing the ball at SoFi, like that. That, <laughs> that picture is like, so cool. That picture, that picture is, is so cool. He's got to get that framed or something because that straight up looks like he's like projected to be like the number four quarterback taken in in that year's NFL <laughs> draft. Like that was such an awesome picture. Um, it's the headphones. The it's head- his face. The ball in the frame. But I remember Kyle sending that in the like we had a World Series trip group chat. Yeah. And when we received the photos back from Brendan Baker, our photographer, that was like the first picture that Kyle sent to the group in the group message. Like, why does Gus look like he's about to ruin my fantasy team's weekend? <laughs> it was so funny. He just looked like an NFL QB warming up before a game. He did. He's got the he's got the the form down. Mm-hmm. You know, I think he just needed more of like a spandex shirt, maybe, and then it would have really been, looked like he <laughs> yeah. was at the combine. But um, no, the whole. The aesthetics were great in it. Um, I love the runouts. The tunnel, before. the tunnel runouts were so cool. Um, like that's it's just like those little differences that you don't get in an everyday MLW video with the Meadows. You know what I mean? And for it to be the World Series makes it even that much more special. But um, I wanted to ask you, kind of like, what were your like gut like initial reactions being there? Mm-hmm. You know, at the stadium. Like, cause you've, you've been around now, you've been to a pretty fair amount of professional stadiums, mm-hmm. like, uh, both football and baseball, yeah, been probably. To, been so few, yeah. you've been to a few, mm-hmm. um, college pro. Mm-hmm. So, you know, what, what were your initial, like gut reactions to so far? Um, I mean, I can speak in a pretty broad sense of just like walking in and seeing the stadium, like first mm-hmm. reactions. Um, when you walk in and see that, you know, their scoreboard, they call it the infinity board. And as mm-hmm. you guys are probably pretty familiar with it, if you've watched, you know, Rams or Chargers games, the Super Bowl, whatever it may be, um, how their scoreboard is kind of a double-sided oval along the top of the field, um, which is not at all. There's common no for like football. cuts in it. Basically. No, it is yeah. a smooth 4k screen all the way around the entire field, like above the stadium, like jumbotron style for basketball. So for football, like one of the only pro teams that had that before was the Dallas Cowboys at AT AT&T Stadium. Right. 
but those they utilize like four different screens, you know, two long ways along the edges of the sidelines and then two facing the end zones. Whereas this is just two, con- it's a double-sided continuous 4K screen, which is very, very weird when you first see it. It's like, you know, what was the purpose of this yeah. type of thing? But um, then being there and seeing them, you know, playing the Rams, you know, like hype video. Highlight pre- videos, and, yeah. And seeing the graphics going on the board and seeing how the replays are shown from every angle. It really is incredible, especially because then two weeks later, I went to a game in Minnesota for the mm-hmm. Lions-Vikings game, and U.S. Bank, incredible stadium, super, super nice too. But the experience there, just video-wise and, and visually, was so much worse than what I was really? experiencing at SoFi. Yeah. It's just, like I said, there's every seat from every angle you can see what you need to see. Whereas like a lot of baseball stadiums, football stadiums, don't have that great of options for looking at a scoreboard, depending right. on where your seat is. So there's so, like not a bad seat in the house then, basically. There's definitely some high seats in the house. Yeah. I might have a picture I could post for you guys, at least on a story. But me and Kyle did go up to the very, very highest seat in the entire stadium. Like, you are looking down. Mm-hmm. Like, it's very, very steep. So you guys got, um, I saw, obviously there were some clips of the teams in the locker rooms and things like that. But mm-hmm. did you guys, like, as a group get a tour of the stadium at all? So, yeah, the very first day we arrived, um, we wanted to, we weren't actually playing the World Series till the following day, the following mm-hmm. day after our flights. But we, um, we got permission to go. And kind of go on the general public like SoFi Stadium tour. We caught, we saw a couple extra nooks and crannies because we knew the employees and stuff. But for the most part, we did what you can do as a general public, as a fan, whatever. And we actually have a discount link for that. Um, it was it was shown in the video and in an Instagram nice. post for us. So if you guys wanted, if you're in the area and you want to tour SoFi, you can use our code and get the tour at a discount. But so yeah, you get to go in. Um, you know, you walk around the concourse of the stadium. You get to look down, take some pictures and that kind of stuff. And then you take an elevator down right down to field level. Anybody mm-hmm. can do this. And um, you get to walk on the field, which I don't think a lot of NFL teams offer at all. You get to go right on the turf. You get to kick field goals, um, throw passes. Like, there's targets you can throw at. You get to see both the team's locker rooms, some of the media spots. Um, and it's just incredible. Like, it's, it's definitely different in terms of, like, I didn't know... I didn't know it was even possible to have like that many different amenities for your fans. And it's like, who on earth can afford this type thing? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, LA, someone can. But like, for example, those that sit in. Well, uh, they, you also have to think about the fact that like they're trying to build almost like an organ, like a fan base, like organically. So like, yeah, they, I, I know, I know. They more than some other franchises really have to draw in people. Yeah, that's you know been what a I big, mean? big issue for the Rams right. know, when, yeah. since they moved. But. I was saying, for example, if you have a seat, just your regular ticket, if you have a seat in like the the best section, essentially like the middle 50 yard line, little, the sections are small there. There's tons and tons of sections there. Very, very small. Okay. So if you have a seat in the 50 yard line section on either side, um, like that automatically gets you access to a bar beneath that. that, That's like at field level. So like you can sit at a bar field level, look out and watch the game or watch it on the TV. But like you are on turf level. It's so sweet. Dang. So if you watch a Rams game next time, like pay attention behind the sidelines, behind the players, and look at all the general public there. That's who they are. They, those people have tickets to the game, but they're okay. just down at the bar, you know, grabbing a drink during the game. Nice. It's super cool. And it's nice. all obviously it's all brand new. You know, there's TVs everywhere mm-hmm. in those bars. There's like a one way glass. You can actually see into the post game press conferences of the players. Like you could be watching Matt Stafford get interviewed post game, like right there. He can't see you, but you can see him. So that's wow. pretty sweet. Yeah, that's. Cr- 
Wow, that's, that's a unique crazy. So idea. it's like one-way glass? It's one-way basically? glass, yeah. So I think they just see a mirror or like it's logos they see, you know, in the press oh. room. And oh, you can just so watch the interview. Cool. Isn't that sweet? That, so, sorry, where is that in the stadium? You that's, said? So that's like um, there is on both sides, it's pretty similar. Um, there is this long, say it's, you know, thir- it's like from the 30 to the 30, a bar underneath, uh-huh. the, underneath the seats. Right, right. And connect one of the walls to that bar, you look into the media room. Okay. So, and each, the Chargers and the Rams both play their home games there. And they each have their own locker rooms. So it's not one shared locker room where they change the logos, change right. the names and everything. No, it's two separate locker rooms. They are mirror images of each other, mm-hmm. but they're totally different logos, different color schemes, that kind of stuff. And then there is a whole different away team locker room, too. So, I didn't even see the away team locker room. I just saw the both the home ones. So being uh, an athlete yourself, I'm sure you had mm-hmm. plenty of experiences in different locker rooms. I mean, not as many as you because I'm was a I'm a baseball guy, yeah. so we're in the dugouts. But True, yeah. I mean, it was still incredible. Yeah. Um, it wasn't like super intricate or insane or anything like that, but you know, it was brand new. It was super nice. Mm -hmm. They had the offense and defense separated. Each guy, you know, has his space, a safe, his names on it, that kind of stuff. And there's like, you could tell that like game day, you could get it going. Cause like I could see the lights that would be ready. I wanted them to get the stereo going so I could hear the music in there, but that wasn't on. And I actually saw like the chargers, like game day, um, like agenda basically from 90 minutes till game time all the way till kickoff. They had that all on the wall so I could read like minute by minute what was going to mm-hmm. happen. So that was pretty cool. Nice. So you mentioned getting down on the turf. Mm-hmm. Um, how would how would you rate the turf of SoFi? Scale of 1 to 10. I mean, it's 10. <laughs> I'd 10? say it's 10. Yeah, I can't complain about it. I mean, athletes can be pretty like yeah. particular about once again, Excuse me. being a baseball athletes guy, it's different. Can, yeah, athletes can be particular. About but I know their... there's been some complaints recently in the news about turf and football. Have you seen that at all? Yeah. So, well, I there was was uh, that about SoFi Stadium? There was one I saw, like, uh, you know, I saw a little TikTok or whatever about I forget who it was. There was a player in the Super Bowl which was played at SoFi Stadium, yep. mm-hmm. and they, I, it was a player on player on the Bengals and. He had he was talking in the interview and he was basically saying how someone on their team during the warmups had told the rest of the guys, the wide receivers, the skill mm-hmm. positions, to kind of watch watch their step like around the logo, like in the middle of the field, the mm-hmm. center of the field, because whatever the the way it was like kind of painted with okay. the turf or whatever, he just kind of said it was like a little bit like grabby. And that makes sense. And if you watch, if you watch the video of Odell tearing his ACL, it's mm-hmm. like right on the logo, it's like in paint. the middle of the field. It's like right on the paint. Well, and so it's kind of weird. So this is a fun fact. This this could definitely be a factor because, as you guys noticed when we were there, the field was not painted mm-hmm. because the Rams and the Chargers both share that field. They're not bringing in and out new turf every time. It's the same turf they're playing on. They're painting that every single week. Yep. So every Friday's paint day. So we were on the field middle of the week, but then the staff members were telling me like, yeah, like people Friday, Saturday, Sunday, like I can't even walk on the turf. I being the staff members, like it's super particular who can step on the field after it's been painted and prepped for the NFL games. So, so there aren't, there aren't any baseball stadiums really that are turf. Are there very, very few, very, very few. Like the Tampa Bay Rays play inside in Florida. That's Mm. a turf field. I believe Toronto Blue Jays play on turf, but yeah, you probably played on more turf fields than I have. But I was going to say because, you know, there is always the debate in uh, football, at least, like, 
you know, turf versus natural mm-hmm. or what or dome versus not yep, dome. Yep. Um, but wiffle ball is obviously most closely related to baseball. So that's mm-hmm. why I asked. But what do you think, like, just after watching one game? Because um, I think one of the announcers, either it was, I think it was, it was Kyle, Kyle mentioned, yeah. like, oh, the balls are going to be rolling true, basically, you mm-hmm. know, on the turf today. Whereas at the Meadows, it could be bouncing or spinning all over the place. So what do you think is, like, better for content like the like the actual production of like mm-hmm. our, our videos like would it ideally would it be awesome if we could play like every game on turf because it's like the best you know it's just like an even playing field or is it like more exciting I guess to kind of have that like random element in it I think what I've always said too for baseball is that well-kept grass is the goat like mm-hmm. well-kept grass professionally maintained turf being turf being grass like is the best perfectly manicured like a lot of MLB ballparks have that's a lot more difficult to do Mm -hmm. um and the meadows is like really a challenge because of how uneven the turf is there how uneven the the ground is there so it can create a lot of bad hops so in this case yeah everything's going to play true off the turf everything will roll faster but I just think for looks and for like you're saying for content I think like having a grass field that was like really pro would be sweet yeah that's part of it too like the obviously the play as well Mm -hmm. but like like I said, I mean, this video aesthetic wise was just like incredible. So like always having yeah. that clean, you know what I mean? Cause we're not, not half, but I don't know, 15% of the meadows is now turf mm-hmm. basically. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. Like we have the yeah. mound mm-hmm. and we have the, we have the batter's box, which mm-hmm. is turf now. So, um, I don't know. I just wanted like your take on that. Cause I thought it was interesting, but yeah, I, I want, I was glad you brought up like the aesthetic of it. I was curious as to what you thought of all like the shots, like the main camera shot. Cause yeah, obviously that was pretty calculated. Like we like requested to be on that end zone, not the other one, because the other one doesn't have that SoFi Stadium yeah. logo mm-hmm. up top where like we wanted that in our shot. So like the day before we were lining up our main camera shot, making sure that that logo would be at the top of the frame and not cut off and not too close to the top, not too low. Like it was hard to balance, but yeah. I was glad you noticed all that. And I don't know. Pre-game if... interviews, of course, I was like, wait, I got to get this perfect. Yes. Yeah. I could. I could almost... Okay. So how many takes was that like pre-game? Like intro, how how many takes did you guys have of like actually like recording like the you interviews? and Kyle like how many no 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 not the interviews before that because like it almost seemed it like yeah like because it mean, almost that, just seemed like there was so much relief on Kyle's face <laughs> when you guys got done with that intro no it was just obviously it was stressful given the circumstances right. and given you know you only really get one shot at this right right so it's, the stakes lose, were the stakes were lose high yourself yeah lose <laughs> the stakes were high <laughs> um but it really wasn't like over strenuous I, I was really stressed out beforehand but once we were going you know it was it was all business it was yeah. just business as usual just making sure we go through the checklist in our heads and in our phones what we needed to get done that kind of stuff there is one funny story I can share with you guys which I didn't miss it at all in the video to be honest because there was so much else going on mm-hmm. but there was one shot that I didn't get that I was supposed to um you know how in the previous playoff games we had um like player intros were like, oh, my name's Jimmy Norp. Yeah. Jimmy Norp, Schoolcraft College, that kind right, of thing. Yeah. So we were going to do that again at SoFi. But once again, I didn't actually miss this in the videos. Maybe blessing in disguise, I don't know. But so I had that shot with all the players, like with the SoFi logo in the background of the shot, all that same stuff we were just talking about. Mm. And somehow we were like, lo- we were going to the airport and Jonah's like, hey, Tom, I heard you were doing that with everybody. I was like, yeah, why? He's like, you didn't do me. And I was like, well, that sucks. Oh, no. <laughs> so that's why they weren't included in the video because apparently Jonah never got filmed. So. 
Oh, just so just because you forgot one, it was well because like, I remember once again the time crunch thing. I, they right. were like warming up while I was doing this. So I was pulling guys out like, "Yo, I need you for 15 seconds. Like, I need you. I need you. I need you." And in my head, mm-hmm. I thought I had gotten everybody, and apparently Jonah never got filmed. So interesting. Um, so back back to the the uh, we'll move on after this. Back mm-hmm. to the kind of like turf grass venue debate. We had a fantastic opportunity earlier this year to play on those replica mini those Mm -hmm. mini replica fields Mm -hmm. so i think we had kind of said that the field of dreams one was our favorite i Mm -hmm. think out of the three when we Mm -hmm. discussed that yeah so if you had to pick one would it be the field of dreams or would it be you know setting up a a a field field in sofi yeah i mean the field of dreams one's really unique Mm -hmm. honestly like yeah, the experience of being at SoFi Stadium probably tops that experience. But in terms of like a physical wiffle ball field, I would give it to the Field of Dreams. Because like mm-hmm. I said, that's grass that takes a lot of care, a lot of effort to maintain. Um, the fact that they transferred over all that corn for us, like for that video, having <laughs> real corn out there, like that takes a lot of effort yeah. and, and logistics to work out. Whereas we just, you know, ordered a fence and plopped it down on an already billion dollar stadium. So it was a little right. different in terms of, like what went into it from a wiffle ball standpoint, if that makes sense. Yeah, no, I I agree for sure. I I figured that was going to be your answer, mm-hmm. but I just but, had come to on. Ask. I mean, when you, yeah, you see yeah. that thumbnail and you watch the video, it's like the hey, thumbnail awesome. was unreal. <laughs> it was it was it was so cool. Mm-hmm. But we've been talking a lot about the the stadium and the experience, which is awesome. But um, you know, the reason we were there is mm-hmm. for this World Series, the 2022 World Series. So. We wanted to bring on a guest. We know you guys like when we do that. And uh, we are joined today by Brendan Baranowski via phone. Thank you for joining us, brother. Thanks for having me. First time on the pod. First time oh, on the pod. First time. Round of applause wow, for I didn't Baron. even know that. Round of applause yeah, for I know. Let's go. I'm waiting yeah. my turn. <laughs> we finally got you on. That's our bad. We'll take, we'll take well, that I'll, one. I'll, I'll wear that one in the chest. Yeah. It's all right. Sometimes it's how it goes. Hopefully not the last. Yeah, thank, thanks for uh, thanks for joining us. I appreciate it. And um, you know, unfortunately for you and the Cobras, you do trail in this series one nothing now. Um, you know, overall you pitched pretty good. I thought you guys played pretty good. I, I know, I know firsthand. Jimmy's not an easy guy to uh, to string some together off of. After I got shut out twice in in three games, so um, I guess for you specifically, what I'm most curious about is you know. After being down 1-0 now and after going through the lineup several times, what do you remember Like, what was going through your head in terms of what adjustments do you think can be made, if any, to try to attack this lineup a little bit differently to prevent those home run balls? Uh, I just got to get ahead uh, early in the counts. Uh, that was the main thing is when I fall behind, I start going to one or two pitches, and you could tell that's what they were jumping on. seemed like the riser especially, but... I can get ahead early in the count. I can throw any of my four or five pitches, and then mm-hmm. I'll have them guessing more. Yeah, that makes sense. I think we saw starting in the second inning, you had a little bit of control issues. You walked a few guys in that inning and were able to escape. But then in the third inning, yeah, it's when they, they keyed in on that riser and took a few deep. Um, how about the playing surface? Jack and I were kind of talking a lot about playing on the turf versus being at the Meadows. Is pitching kind of a challenge, throwing off of that flat ground? It's a, it's a little different, um, for sure. And the mound's not holding, as we, as you know, Tom, it wasn't holding in place the best, but, Mm -hmm. uh, something that I had to just keep getting more and more used to 
from pitching. I, I didn't mind it at all. Obviously, ground balls are pretty true, so that helps with the defense. But I didn't mind it too much. It was weird to me at first. Yeah, I'm sure it took a small adjustment pregame when you're throwing your warm-ups. Yeah. Yeah, I've, I think that's always to be expected going into a foreign, mm-hmm. you know, environment that you haven't played in before. I'm sure Baron was also throwing like behind the mound at the <laughs> at the little field of dreams and Fenway and stuff like that. So you've pitched on some difficult surfaces this year. Yeah. I, I can <laughs> definitely say the Vermont one was more frustrating okay. and difficult for me. Okay. Uh, stepping uphill was weird. Mm-hmm. So you guys lost game one unfortunately, but um a lot of wiffle ball left to be played. How how was the morale in the dugout after game one? Um what you know? What was Drew saying to the guys? What what were your guys' kind of thoughts after that? Uh, we're still we're we're not down. Like we don't feel like down emotionally. It's a long series. Uh, they got to win two more. Still, it's not even. It's more than just a three game series where Predators we were one game away. We still have mm-hmm. uh, another game to spare, but a lot of games left. So we have our heads up. Just need to take one, and then all of a sudden it's tied back up. Turns into a three-game series. Yeah, even though this is horrible to say, I feel like because obviously the games are just as important, if not more important, but I feel like playing in the five-game series is a whole lot less stressful than the CS series. The CS and DS series are so, so stressful because every inning matters so, so much. And yes, in the World Mm -hmm. Series, of course, every inning matters. But I'm saying is there's more room for error. The margin for error is a lot greater in a five-game series than in a three-game series, for sure. So, well, yeah. I mean, I mean Kobe's got to use that her game, advantage. A five-game series, like if the, ga- if the series goes five games, that's mm-hmm. a third of the regular season. Yeah. You know what I mean? So that's a, that's a <laughs> yeah. big difference. Mm-hmm. So I, I agree. The, I'm sure this just, and you guys should, you know, not be um, worried or stressed at all. Like you guys, it's like Tom said, it was kind of like one or two, pitches really that mm-hmm. they got after um i think like you started to settle in i could tell baron uh looked a little squirrely there for a second Squirrely's but a funny word um you looked a lot more comfortable um and i kind of wanted to along the lines of um you know what was going on in the dugout can we expect do you think we can expect similar bullpen decisions from the cobras uh in game two like do you feel like you're going to be the starter or did drew you know mention maybe any changes at all uh i think we're gonna go back with me to start and if i run into any if they're jumping on me early like they were in the third inning of game one then we'll probably go to sawyer pretty quickly okay if that does happen just uh give them another look obviously you don't want to go down two zero and worst yeah. case scenario we throw something different at them then hopefully they can't hit it Mm-hmm. I like that. Yeah, I mean, like we said, it's a long series, so like, there's no reason that they couldn't come back to you. You know what I mean? In in, in another game, yeah. If that if that is what happens, and Sawyer goes in, and that doesn't work either, like you guys are one of the deepest teams. I've said that a couple times on here. So, um, you know, I think the the options that you guys have will will definitely uh, serve well for you going forward. I found it interesting. Just thinking and speaking generally over this postseason, um, you know, last year we didn't see a whole lot of teams like change their approach to series from a pitching standpoint compared to the regular season. 
like a lot of teams still went one guy game one, a different guy game two, different like and then back to the game one pitcher game three. That was kind of standard last year in the playoffs. Mm-hmm. I think both the Wildcats and the Diamondbacks alternated arms in the World Series, like they did, like to a T. Mm-hmm. Um, this year, I don't expect that to happen. Just based on what's what's been played so far in this postseason, it seems like it's been the battle of the aces all the way around. Um, Barron pitched the entirety of the ALCS. Jimmy Norp almost pitched the entirety of the NLCS. Um, and just based off those facts, I would be surprised to see Norp go to Heath in game two. Not saying he, he will for sure not. Um, I, I didn't really get a vibe or a sense of that before the series as to what they exactly were going to do. Mm-hmm. But with the way that Norp dominated that lineup in game one, uh, I feel like he'll have the confidence to go out there again in game two. So I would expect that. But, you know, along those lines, Baron, you guys weren't able to get a hit on Jimmy in the first game. You guys are a very capable hitting team. Um, so what do you think it what do you think are gonna be the major keys or adjustments going into game two that can help propel you guys to, you know, get some runs up on the board? Uh I think just going through that game, they should be able to see the ball a little better. Uh, we had a couple of swings that you could see that were not at good pitches and I think uh jumping on like his slider more would be uh a better way to go at it in game two. Obviously, his drop ball is a very tough pitch to hit and hit hard, if anything. So I, I like jumping on, uh, looking for a certain pitch at least, and hopefully they can zone in on it, get a few hits together, and get some momentum going. Yeah, I've been saying the theme, Baron, for me, I think is going to be the home run ball this series. It's kind of been that way for most of the postseason where one or two you know, solo shots will decide a series. So I look to a guy like Drew Davis um, mm-hmm. coming up in this game, too, who's had already a couple clutch homers this postseason. He can step up and get one here. I think that'd be huge. I do think that the you know the Cobras falling down 2-0 is not ideal, obviously, mm-hmm. especially against a level-headed guy like Jimmy and, and his boys on the D-backs. So this is a big one, and I think this is what Drew Davis has proven that he can do time and time again, stepping up in the clutch moments. And and Baron, you yourself has all, have also... You know, pitched to at your best when the season's on the line. So I, uh, I think I expect you to step up in game two as well. Yeah, yeah, I, I hope I can. And what we need is that one big hit. You know, just like in the Preds, you know, all it takes is one swing, and mm-hmm. that's the reason we're here. Why not make it the reason we win the World Series? Absolutely, love it. It kind of seems like you have a tendency to uh, to really back yourself up against the wall before deciding <laughs> to play. Is that is that a is that a strategy you like to use, Baron? Uh, I don't. I don't think it's a strategy. I think I just I just do it every time. And I, <laughs> I love I love to make it interesting. Um, you know, you can strike all three of the guys out, or you can put a guy on second and third, and then finish it. <laughs> that's that's what Which makes some of the best closes in baseball the, the most exciting to watch. Is the guys who make it interesting. Baron keeps you on your toes, but like I said, he showed in the ALCS that he's a guy who battle. He'll never give up on you, uh, Baron. You're a very level-headed guy as well, similar to Jimmy. And I think that you know you're a guy who doesn't. You can't tell when you're pitching under stress. You have a lot mm-hmm. of stressful innings, but you don't show it physically in your game when you're pitching under stress, which is huge. So um, best of luck moving forward into game two and for the rest of the series. Thank you. Any final words, Jack? Send them off. Best of luck, brother. Re- keep representing the American League. <laughs> I will do. Thank you for having me. All right, Baron. Good stuff. Thanks again. See ya. See ya. Okay, sorry. We've been kind of all over the place this episode, I feel like, with 
questions, World Series game talk, general SoFi talk, Baron calling in, but um, a lot of thoughts. Lots it's just all so exciting. It is a lot I mean? of stuff that's exciting. And of course, like, it's not always easy coordinating with the boys, who's available, when's, when are they available type thing. So we appreciate Baron being flexible with us. And we had to jam him in mid episode, but glad we got to talk to him. Appreciate it. But Jack, where were we with our uh, SoFi chat? Um, well, you know, I kind of wanted to just get into some of, we talked a little bit about the stadium. We talked about, um, you know, some of the game, a little bit of breakdown, but, Mm -hmm. um, I wanted to back up a little bit and, and kind of discuss like how we got there. Um, so I had a couple questions, you know, coming from the fans. Um, and first one was just, uh, when did you, uh, Kyle, you know, everyone involved, come up with the idea to play at SoFi or was it someone who it was it someone from you know the stadium that kind of contacted you guys first like how did the setup even happen yes so as you know Jack like we kind of already had like this pro stadium thing like going for us and we wanted to do it more and more because we saw the results we were getting on YouTube it's cool for us creates a cool video a cool environment a cool thumbnail and just another level up in the MLW stepping stone, you know? Right. So we had done the Toledo thing this year. Um, That's a baseball ballpark, of course, and we have, you know, more MLB stadiums that we would love to do in the future and are trying to work on right now, lining those up for 2023. But as I kind of mentioned when we first announced this, like doing SoFi Stadium or, I mean, any, like, football stadium, I don't think was really within our realm of possibility for the 2022 season. It wasn't something we worked on over the offseason making happen and tried to jump through a billion hoops to make happen. Um, we didn't really have any connections in that field to try to get into some somewhere like SoFi Stadium. Mm-hmm. And it was something we both like dreamt of doing and we wanted to start working towards that. Like I said, MLB stadiums and you know, pro top level pro stadiums for the following years. But like I said, for this year, we only had, going into it, we had the Toledo series lined up, we had the Oklahoma series lined up, and the MLB series lined up. So we had three out-of-state series, which was pretty cool. You know, a big step up for us. Last year, we only did the one that was the Oklahoma series. The rest was all at the Meadows. So we were we were proud of that number. Mm-hmm. And I'm trying to, if I had my phone in my hand, I'd be able to look at the date, but it was probably at the end of May. Okay. At end of May, I think it was. Um, I was out to dinner with my friends. Um, I just parked, actually. I'd parked my car and was about to go inside to a restaurant in Brighton called Sushi Zen, grabbing some sushi with the fellas. Delicious. And, you know, kind of like when you're waiting for everyone else to arrive, you don't want to walk in alone. I was, mm-hmm. It was in that period of five minutes where I was there, and just a Gmail message popped up on my phone. It just said, hello from SoFi Stadium. That was the headline. Mm-hmm. I was like, what's this? So I opened it right away. I was reading it, and then I texted Kyle. And I was like, yo, is this real? And, he, and he's like, yeah, I see it. I think it is because I Googled such and such person on LinkedIn, and it says they're you know, a SoFi staff employee member. So then that whole entire dinner, I'm like, oh my God, this would yeah. be insane if we could get into SoFi Stadium. I didn't say anything to my friends, right. but I was thinking that the whole time. Um, and, you know, some weeks pass, we get on the phone with the staff, all that kind of stuff. So what I'm trying to get at, Jack, is we, it would not have been, I shouldn't say it wouldn't have been possible, but it was not in our minds that we were going to achieve something like that. It wasn't year. in the realm of possibilities, or not, at least you not thought. Not really, not yeah. really. That was something that kind of fell into our, the opportunity to try to make that happen kind of fell into our lap. And mm-hmm. then as soon as that occurred, me and Kyle knew that it was our duty to make it happen. Like we couldn't pass. On it was this. right place, right time. And, yeah, and you yeah. worry about, you know, like doing something too big, too quick, and that kind of stuff. But once again, you don't know when an opportunity like that will pop up again. So 
once, yeah, once we had a contact there and it sounded like it would be possible, um, I think their initial thoughts, like that first email I read was kind of just, it was very generic. Like, we'd love to work with you. Let us know if you're ever interested in coming to SoFi Stadium. We're like, okay, well, what does that actually mean? Right. So it was Kyle's idea originally, like, we should do the World Series there. Like, that would be insane. Like, not a tournament, not like a little public event, like the World Series. Because um, while it is awesome to do stuff like tournaments and events like that, as you guys can see from like a brand standpoint, it doesn't help us as much like build MLW's platform on social media. It's great for a community builder, but when you do something of this magnitude, like we wanted to be able to explode it on the internet. And like right. our main, the core of our content, like the MLW League's season is what always does the best. Right. And so that's why we incorporated it into that. And I think it all worked out pretty well. Yeah. I think that was the right decision. I mean, the, mm -hmm. the tournament videos are great and the, the tournament events are so cool and so oh, yeah, awesome. Amazing. But that's like what puts it all into perspective. Yeah, it does. But in terms of actually, you know, blowing up views and getting something that's really going to draw in a lot of attention, mm -hmm. like there was just, there was no other way. It had yeah. to be the world series. So that's really cool. Um, it's, it's amazing how things work out like that. You know, it I is. Mean? And it's, it's like a, it's something that I kind of realized like on the fly last year, almost, well, not on the fly, but in a sense, like the Oklahoma series kind of birthed this whole thing for us because the Oklahoma series 2021 was our best video ever on YouTube by far. It was our first ever right. 2 million views. It's leaps and bounds ahead of every other video we do. So what that shows is, and I can relate this to a lot of other big YouTubers like Dude Perfect and stuff, is the audience loves to see different things from you if the core of the content doesn't change. Mm -hmm. So like if we had have went to, if we had went to the Oklahoma venue that, you know, mini Fenway right. replica and did like a pickup game or a scrimmage or whatever, it would not have done the same thing as if we just brought MLW wiffle ball to Oklahoma and did the same thing at a different location. You know what I mean? Right. It's keeping the core of what people are watching the exact same, just in like a fresh, cool new environment. Makes sense. So you gotta like manipulate the product just enough to where it's like different, but not, not totally out of left field different. Right. Yeah. Good like for example, what did I say? Oh, left field. <laughs> no pun intended. Um, like, Dude Perfect does a great job at that. Like, when they incorporate um, certain brands into their products, like, they've promoted toys for Hasbro games in the past, and they've done Nerf products, but, like, it's still a trick shot video. It's not, right. like, some cheesy ad or anything like that or something totally new. Right. It's, like, still Dude Perfect doing trick shots. It's just a little bit of a twist. That makes right. sense. So, that, so, the SoFi Stadium thing is exactly that. It's just our League's World Series on the biggest stage in the world. You know what I mean? Yeah, for sure. So, you... So you you, you know, lock it down. Um, how, 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 when did you like know you guys were going? Like for um, sure. We knew for sure. Well, we were pretty much certain like come all-star break, like 4th of July, okay. that time frame. But only Kyle and I knew at that point. Mm -hmm. um, and then we still really hadn't crossed the T's and dotted the I's yet on the whole thing. But we felt it was necessary and appropriate to like tell everybody else just so everyone was on the same playing field going into the second half of the season. So we informed everybody, all the players pretty much knew prior to the second half of the season, after the all-star game, Okay. Um, all the players that came to the field, like I had told, like, mm -hmm. by the way, guys, like this is what's happening. So then they all knew what they were playing for. Cause if like, if me and Kyle knew that wouldn't really be fair to everybody else, like how much was at stake here? So like when you knew that you guys were pretty much going to go there, mm -hmm. how hard was it to not, like spoil tell anyone you know what i mean tell someone 
For me, not that hard, to be honest. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm used to that kind of stuff. Um, just part of the job, I guess, like YouTube. What we what we do is different than other YouTubers in the sense that, like, other YouTubers' videos, I guess, aren't as enticing to know, like, what happens beforehand, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Like, I watch a YouTuber, for example, named Marco, who, like, does custom shoes. He does custom things. He does art. And, like, me seeing a final piece of his art, I guess, doesn't ruin the whole entire video of me him watching me watching him create the artwork right whereas like if someone finds out the results of a video or like a venue then that kind of like loses the magic to our whole entire video you know mm-hmm. what i mean like what made the postseason so exciting was like we announced that the sofi thing was happening and that the whole entire video led up to the whole entire postseason led up to this big moment right like if everybody already knew or was like hearing murmurs of the world series is at sofi stadium and this is who won like it it totally ruins the product you know what i mean no i, I i'm totally that. used to that but i was definitely stressed out about everybody else all the young guys in the league so that's what um, that was going to be my next it just takes question. one person when so you know b- leading up to the event and also like when you guys were there mm-hmm. was that like how hard was that to manage other people and like what they post and like who they talk to about it i mean i can only do so much mm-hmm. you know i I did what I could personally. Like, you know, I can only say so much to these players. Like, you cannot do this. You should not do this. Here's how we're going to keep this a secret and that kind of stuff. Um, But once again, you know, there are certain players, like on this trip, for example, Trey Flood, super young. Like, his family had to know where he was going, that kind of stuff. I didn't expect right. the D-backs, like, players and Cobras players to leave their families, like, in the dark. Right. I'm like, you know. So people had to know. And it's not the end of the world, like I said. If someone finds out, like if one mm-hmm. fan finds out, like, oh, the World Series is at SoFi Stadium, like, that's awesome. But it does take, unfortunately, like the wrong fan to find out, thinks it's then funny or appropriate to go into our Instagram comments, like, yo, the World Series was here, and I saw this team and this team in L.A. Like, that's what we don't want. Yeah, so, so did you have that That's why I'm always scared to tell anybody anything, because you don't know. It just takes the wrong person getting a hold of this information. To, so my mom's always like, why do you keep so much a secret, blah, blah, blah. It's like so unnecessary. I'm like, you, you'd never know. I'm not, I'm not one to take unnecessary right. risks. It's like, why even try to do anything like that? So I always, when I'm traveling, I always try to wear something MLW oh, yeah. related <laughs> just for, just for the off chance that someone might recognize it. And mm-hmm. also to just rep the brand, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, and you guys were kind of doing the same thing when you were traveling. Um, mm-hmm. And, and like now that I'm thinking about it, that could have maybe been not the, the best thing. Like, did you have any issues where there were fans that, that you well, ran into like along the way? Let me backtrack here, Jack. Remember when I said I can only do so much, right? Yeah. So I created this entire Google document for all the players. We had a meeting in zoom with everybody for like an hour, went over the entire trip agenda expectations like how to hide your location on Snapchat, all these things on your phone. And I said, everyone, I went over it once and I said, you know, reread it, blah, blah, blah. And at the end of my document, I had bullet points. And one of them was do not wear MLW attire in the airports. And literally <laughs> no one listened to me. And I was like, you guys didn't read the thing. Like no one. So I can only do so much. Okay. I didn't wear anything. But did you happen to, did that cause any problems? Uh, on the way back. He, well, I don't think he was wearing anything, but on the way back from L.A., someone took a picture with Jimmy Norp in the airport and was like, I don't know if he got asked, like, what are you doing here? But mm. it, it didn't cause a problem. Okay, good. Okay, that was just, uh, that was an, I, that was something I was curious about, and also a fan had, had requested a question on that, too. But um, We, we kind of had a plan in place, though. We yeah. were like, oh, we're, we were just like, we're checking out a venue here for a future video, or like, we're look, checking out tournament venues for a future tournament out here in L.A. Like, that was the script that I gave everybody to, to pitch to people. 
So if you guys, I, I don't know how you would have gotten to this far in the podcast without watching the video, but if you guys did watch it, you obviously saw we had a, we had a very cool guest appearance <laughs> uh, for the first pitch. Marty mm-hmm. York, who plays Yaya from Sandlot. Mm-hmm. Um, and first of all, how did, that, how did that transpire? How did that whole thing happen? It's actually a pretty good story, Jack. Can't lie to you. Um, so we wanted, we had this idea to get like a celebrity cameo for the first pitch. Um, what type of celebrity? We were kind of like, well, you know, anybody of like anybody that's notable would be awesome. So we kind of created a list, like the list that I had, for example, had a lot of different people who I thought like we would actually have somewhat of a shot to like get their attention and have them interested in that kind of stuff. Like mm-hmm. a lot of people were, I knew that like grew up in Michigan that became famous and were living in the Los Angeles area that kind of stuff, like musicians and artists and actors, that kind of thing. Kyle had a list as well, but literally the top of my board, like the highest priority that I wanted to get was the Sandlot cast. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's actually, it was kind of my mom's idea, like probably a year ago now. She was like, it'd be cool if you guys collaborated with the Sandlot cast. And I was like, yeah, that would be cool. And, you know, shelved that idea for later. So the people, the two, and this is nothing against, no disrespect to Marty York, but the two people that I really, really wanted to get, I wanted to get Squints and Wendy. I wanted to get mm-hmm. Squints and Wendy Peppercorn. I thought that would have been legendary yeah. to have both of them, either one of them, that kind of thing. So they were like the top of my priority list of celebrities to try to get. Didn't think in a million years that would happen. But so I was going to kind of start DMing all these people. This was like three weeks prior to the event, or no, a little more, like a month and a half prior to the event. Start okay. going through these DMs, like giving them like, hey, I gave them a whole paragraph about like what's happening. And I was going to DM like a couple celebrities every day, give them 24 hours to respond. If nothing, then move on just to give them respect of like their invitation, you know? Yeah. So I DM Squints and Wendy and within a day, Squints from Sandlot replies to us. He's like, yeah, I'm so down to do it. Like, it's cool what you guys are doing. I just checked it out. That type of thing. And I'm like, oh my gosh, like this is so <laughs> sweet. So yeah. Um, cause like, I love that movie. I think everybody does. And those kids are all legends. It's a classic, you know? it's a classic movie. Yeah. Like every baseball fan or not baseball fan. Like that is a mm-hmm. classic movie. So I get on the phone with squints. Um, this is probably a month prior to the event. And we, we chatted up for, you know, 15 minutes about my background and Kyle's like our background and what we do, what we're trying to do, we're trying to accomplish with this video. And he's all about it. And he's happy to help out. Like, he's like, I like just keeping the game alive. And you know, I hear a lot of your fans are Sandlot fans. And I'm like, oh, absolutely. Like, we oh, all yeah. love the Sandlot and all of our fans do too. So he was all about it. And he was like, FYI, um, my wife is due to have a baby like nine days prior to you guys' event. So it shouldn't be a problem, but I want to put that on your radar right now. I was like, okay, no problem. Like, we'll be in touch. Okay. And he was great at communicating. Like we would talk, he'd text me like every couple of days, updates. Um, I'd check in with him, make sure he's still on track to be there. Um, and then I remember he was texting me during I think it was during that Thursday night football game, the Rams game. Uh-huh. And he's like, FYI, my wife still hasn't had the baby. Um, like it's a couple of days late now, so I'll keep you posted type thing. And I think she ended up having it on like like two or three days prior to when we were supposed to film with him. So it was like okay. eight days past the due date or whatever. Okay. So I was like, oh, that's a little dicey. I feel like I feel bad almost asking yeah. him to come, but like if he's down to do it, then awesome. Right. And sure enough, when we land in LA, like I turn off my airplane mode and a text comes through from Squints and he's like, his name's Chauncey, by the way. Mm-hmm. And he's like, uh, like, I hate to do this to you, man, but unfortunately, like we just got home from the hospital. Things are too hectic. I probably can't swing it. I was like, like it sucks, but I totally understand. Right. So then I start sending off like Hail Mary DMs like to all the other celebrities that I had all at once, got nothing back. 
Um, and so a day passes, um, and, uh, we're eating dinner the night prior to when we're supposed to leave. And I was like, should I text him again? Like, I feel so like, I don't want to bother this guy. You know what I mean? Like he's a grown (laughs) man. He's got, he probably doesn't even care. Um, that kind of thing. I'm sure he does care, but like he has bigger problems obviously right now. He's just had a kid. But at the same time I knew like, I'd probably regret like not at least asking like very politely again. Like, is there any way you can swing it for 15 Mm. minutes, whatever. So Kyle was kind of pushing me to do it. And I was like, all right, I'll, I'll try to craft something up here. So I, wrote up a text it seemed like it wasn't too pushy it seemed nice and i was showing it to everybody else like yeah it seems fine so i sent it to squints to chauncey and he replies again which is so nice of him he's like i'm sorry man i really can't do it he's like but marty york lives in the area he played yeah yeah and maybe give him a shot and i was like okay so (laughs) i messaged marty and i think he read it and then didn't respond at first and I was like, oh, I guess that didn't work. And then, <laughs> and then, like, a half hour later, he gets back to me, and he's like, hey, guys, uh, like, Chauncey's covered for me in the past before, so I'll do him a favor and come out for the first pitch thing. And I was like, let's go. So I was so excited. So we're super thankful for Marty for helping us out and doing us a favor and coming out. But shout-out to Chauncey Squints. Mm-hmm. He really is the one who made that happen, which is so that's cool. So, that's so awesome. Such a goaded character. That's Oh, that's just so cool that it was able to work out still yeah, while it, you guys were out there. Cause it worked out. Um, it was kind of an, we were already in the stadium, like playing the games. And then he's like messaging me like, while I'm trying to film, like, Hey, I'm outside. I can't get in. They won't let me in. I'm like, Oh, this is such a nightmare. <laughs> so anyway, I was calling our contact like, yo, I got this guy at the door. It's Marty York. Like let him in. He gets down to the field. Finally. So we stopped the game, like mid game, did that little segment. And then obviously I, 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 I figured it wasn't actually like the in first beforehand pitch. yeah but yeah there's your behind the scenes guys so what was it like to obviously like you said you're a huge fan of the sandline you I love like that just cast, watched so it because what, what was it like to meet him it was awesome i mean he was really really nice um i you know I, like i said i'm always i don't want to ask too many questions i don't want to be that guy who's like right. seeing like seem like he's so starstruck and that kind of stuff but we asked him a couple questions and Kyle asked like, you know, who's like the biggest celebrities you meet and biggest athletes you've ever met. And he's pretty, he's like pretty much every A-lister you could think of. Like we've had the chance to meet, especially when we were younger, like when Sam Lott was first popping. Right. So that was cool to hear. Did you ask him what his workout plan was? Cause he was jacked. <laughs> that guy's huge. He was massive. Huge. I did not ask him, um, but, <laughs> I think so. but no, he was very, very nice. Stuck around for a little bit. Um, we filmed some additional content with him, which you'll see on TikTok over the next few weeks. But what a cool experience. Like that is so awesome. Sandlot's a phenomenal movie. Yeah. Like I said, if you classic. guys haven't watched that, you got to watch. That oh, movie. absolutely. Absolutely. One of my all time favorite movies will forever be. And hopefully one day we can collaborate with squints too. So Sarah and I were squints and uh, Wendy peppercorn one year for Halloween. Actually. Yeah. It's a great couple's Halloween costume. Yeah. I mean, like I said, legends, it's legends. legends. It's legendary. Yeah. Um, well, that's, that's so awesome. It was, it was hard such to like cool talk, talking to him was like hard to not just like smile because when I'm looking at him, I'm just picturing this little <laughs> this little kid. You know what I mean? Because that movie's so old. Yeah. So I'm just picturing this little kid like, yeah, yeah, man. Like I'm picturing him talking in like his scene where he's like hanging from the thing, trying to retrieve yeah. the ball. Like I'm thinking about all of this while he's talking to me. I'm just like smiling from ear to ear. What's the character? I can't remember the character's name. That's like he's short and he's got the freckles and like reddish hair. Um, oh, like call him Ham. Ham, Ham. I I messaged him too. I think so. He like I've seen him, I've seen him on other like social media platforms. Like mm-hmm. I think he's got a pretty popular like TikTok or something. Yeah, but he is just like 
he looks he's, the he's same. He's the epitome of that, yeah. where you can only see no, that he character. he doesn't look that much he, different either. He looks exactly the same. Yeah. <laughs> like, he just looks like an older version of that character, like, to a T. But that and was, like, even... Sometimes I feel bad, like, because you, you, know, you never know if they, you know, grow out of that, where it's like, I, I don't asked, want to be that I asked person. That. I yeah. asked that. I was like, is it ever, like... Like politely asking, I was like, "Does it ever frustrate you that like you probably talk most about something you did thirty years ago versus anything newer in your career?" And he's like, "Honestly, no, man." He's like, "We all love it. Like that was such a memorable experience for all of us, and just yeah. seeing how well the movie did. Like he seemed really grateful. That's good, at least yeah. on the surface, which is cool. But yeah, talking to him was crazy, and just like talking to Squints on the phone, like I was like, I cannot believe this guy is talking yeah. to me right now. Like I'm picturing the kid going, "Kids is square, man. Kids <laughs> is square." Like, I'm picturing that and just hearing his voice like it's hard to tie the two together like that's like actually the same guy yeah but it was crazy really cool one of my favorite parts of the trip was just meeting and building that relationship with uh chauncey leopardi and then marty york as well both of those guys have been awesome and marty like posted it on his own social media and was dming us oh. about it so it's it's super cool that's so if awesome. you guys go on marty york's instagram and go back to when we were at sofi he like posted a picture of him like underneath the sign. It was like top secret project. <laughs> you can go look at really? it. Really? Yeah, I swear to God. Oh my gosh, I'm gonna have to look that it's up. It's really funny. That's hilarious. He's just dropping Easter eggs. He was dropping out there. Easter eggs, and I remember like Baranowski liked it. And I was like, Baron, don't like his picture. People are gonna know. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's hilarious. Top secret project. It was, it was a top secret project, but it uh, you know, so far it seems like the operation went smooth. Um. We, so far, so good. We got I, I, a lot more wolf ball to play, but you got anything else that you wanted to talk about? I just talked a lot. I was a lot. You did of just talk. I probably about. was talking very fast too, so I apologize for that. But I do my best to slow myself down when I can. We wanted the, you know, kind of like I mentioned a little bit on the little post we had on the pipe it up uh, a couple days ago. You know, this podcast was kind of meant to be more of a reflection. Uh, with Tom just about his experience, the the whole, you know, the whole group that went there, their experience there. Um, obviously, I did a lot of listening on this podcast, but that's because I, you know, unfortunately wasn't able to go. So a lot of yapping. And, you know, there's other, there's been other pods where I'm the one yapping away. Yeah. So well, you'll get your chance. It is what it is. I don't really love yapping, so I'll, I'll make sure to get you yapping on the well, next we'll, few episodes. We'll be sure to get you some water. I, I know, and, I need some more water. And maybe a cold towel. Yeah, God. you're starting sweating. to sweat, I think. Starting to sweat, I think, a little bit. The sweatshirt <laughs> was a mistake. Um, but next week's pod will be different because, as you guys, if you didn't know this, if you're listening to this on Tuesday, like, game two of the World Series drops Tuesday. 15th. Right, yes, I want, yep. So we're going to have two games of the World Series to cover on next week's pod. Right. So that'll be interesting. A lot can happen in the series between now and then. Right. Um, but this was just a one-game pod, so I thought it'd be a good time to, like Jack said, address a lot of the SoFi Stadium stuff. And, of course, we have the whole offseason to talk all about the ins and outs of it. But I think I gave you guys a pretty good insight, I think, as to what went down. I think so. I, I hope definitely... I, I really tried. I tried to be as transparent as I could yeah. and break it down how it happened. And you guys probably tell, like, I was just as excited as you think you would be, like, talking to squints on the phone. Like, that was yeah. so cool. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you're, you know, there's still... No matter how old you get, there's experiences and things like that that are just always going to be so cool. Yeah, so, it was, that was cool. Um, well, very awesome. I think that that's probably going to wrap it up mm-hmm. for the pod this week, but we're going to have a lot more whiffs to talk about next week, breaking down games two and three of the World Series, and I know that's going to be a fun one. But until then, signing off. Pipe it up, 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 pipe it up.